Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the County Corner podcast. Now I thought we were only going to be doing one managerial special this season but lo and behold we've had to to do a second. I'm sure everyone's seen the news that Derek Adams has resigned as Ross County Manager on the 7th of February so we're going to be giving our reaction to the news and also the subsequent appointment of Don Cowie as, as interim manager so yeah, to join me to go through all of that, I've got Stephen back on the podcast again. Stephen, how are you? Not too bad, Ross. Yourself? Good, thank you. We have got a man who joined us for our last managerial vacancy special, so he seems to be keen on coming on the very big episode. So we have got Ross County's supporter liaison officer, Kenny McLennan, on the podcast. Kenny, how are you? Yeah, good, Ross. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you seem to be trolling me out for all of these sort of <laughs> these awkward ones. <laughs> I see. You're like a politician. You know how to answer the questions on the record. So that's good. And also our third guest tonight as well, a man who very nearly had a 100% attendance record at all of Derek Adams' matches in his third spell in charge of Ross County. We are joined by the P&J's Andy Skinner, who is returning back to the podcast. Andy, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks, Ross. Good. Thank you for having us on again. Um, Yeah, having... Missed the, the game on Tuesday. I was posted elsewhere, but thought I'd uh, kind of body swerved all the <laughs> all the fallout from it. But uh, uh, you've just caught me just in time. Yeah, you you thought you got the the big match over at Ibrox <laughs> with Neil Warnock's first game in charge of Aberdeen and all the drama there. But I'm sure your phone might have been pinging with the scoreline, and you were thinking, oh, I wonder if the bigger story storylines actually at Fir Park at Motherwell. What was what's come after that? So yeah, I guess we better kind of dissect everything that's that's gone on. So Derek lasted a total of 79 days in charge of Ross County during his third spell at the club. It was hoped by many that the appointment of Adams would unite the fans who had hoped to, to see a return of the glory days during his previous spells. But overall, it unfortunately, kind of seemed to be the total opposite towards the end of his tenure. On the pitch, Adams oversaw 12 matches, which included two wins, three draws and seven defeats. That tenure got off to an impressive start when he picked up seven points in his opening three matches, which included three clean sheets in a row as well, which had everyone feeling pretty optimistic that, you know, we could really kick on from there. But following a a defeat to St Mirren and then a subsequent defeat to Dundee, I think Derek started to take the headlines of Scottish football when he lambasted the, the quality of the game. He said the standard is shocking, claimed that Morecambe, who he had just left a few weeks prior, were 100 times better than the county team that he'd inherited. And due to those comments, he kind of faced the wrath of the fans of Scottish football. Now, the immediate game after that, the players looked to have responded to those comments when they picked up an impressive 2-2 draw at Tynecastle to end 2023. But things started to go downhill very quickly after that with back-to-back 3-0 defeats against Aberdeen and then part of this on the Scottish Cup got the new year off to probably the worst possible start. Things got worse after the defeat to Partick where Adams again hit the headlines where he hinted that he might have had second thoughts about returning to the club if he had done more homework on the ongoings behind the scenes. He'd angered many of his comment, well, Scottish football fans with his comments previously after the Dundee game, but I think he had enraged many county fans with these comments in particular the fan discontent at the performances on the park and Adam's reign as well just hit the point of no return and Tuesday's 5-0 defeat to Motherwell for a park 
Following the match, Adam said he'll have a conversation with Roy McGregor and Stephen Ferguson about his future. And less than 24 hours later, it was announced that Adams had resigned to end his third spell at the club. The vast majority of Ross County fans considered Derek a legend for his previous spells at the club. And it we were full of optimism when he was appointed and it, it got off to a fantastic start. But um, it's come to quite a disastrous end. I mean... Derek's 79-day reign is the joint shortest permanent managerial reign since County have come into the, the Scottish leagues. He holds that record alongside Willie McStay, who failed to win any of his nine matches in charge just over a decade ago. Adams leaves Dingwall with a 16.7% win ratio over his 12 matches in charge compared to a ratio of 48.3% and 39.2% win ratios during his other two spells at the club. Um I think I think we can all kind of look back and agree that perhaps the Dundee post-match comments proved to be the turning point as things were looking really up until that point. And after that, it just uh, it just started to go the wrong way. And as I said, the, the defeat at Fir Park just proved to be the point of no return when that was on the back of the, the most three ma- recent matches where they were against the teams directly around us and we only picked up one point out of a possible nine and it felt like that one point was a bit lucky as well considering that Livingston certainly had the better of the game down at down at Almondville so Kenny I'll kick off with you um, what was your immediate reaction to the news and just the feeling that um, Derek has gone again Yeah I have to say there's a, there's a fair bit of disappointment Ross with regards to how the whole thing has gone you know Um it's such a difficult one, you know, because when you see the, the Roy making that decision to and, and, and Fergie, Fergie to make the decision to get to get Derek back, you know, um, initially I thought, oh, well, this 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 could be a good move, you know, because I've obviously you know past experience of, of, of the things he's done for the club in the past and stuff. You had to kind of think, well, you know, he, he's going to galvanise things. He's going to he's going to he's going to get the, the the team on side and whatever else, but. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, the, the, I I didn't quite understand the. I, I know some people might have said he was playing mind games and stuff like that, but I didn't quite understand that the the whole reaction after the Dundee game. You know, I just thought that uh, you know he kind of he maybe lost half the dressing room at that point. You know, um, whether they would have said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to react to that," or what, or you, you know, you're going to get there. You've got to remember that these are young guys. You know, and. A lot of these guys, you know, man management's a huge part of this game. You know, you can see the way Klopp is with his team, you know, and uh, and the reaction to the way, you know, him leaving at the end of the season and stuff and the way that the, the players are all reacting to that news. Um, so it's a huge thing, you know, and um, yeah, it was really, it's funny because, you know, in the Motherwell game, I just thought, at Dingwall, I thought, wow, you know, he's, he's really organised the team. The team looked different. I thought there's a huge change here. I think this is this is looking really positive, you know. And I thought, well, you know, fair play. But then, yeah, it all just seems to have gone a bit a bit downhill from that point. And then, um, whether that's then can open the floodgates, you know, with regards to then comments after the other games and other things, and then after the Partick game and then other stuff as well, you know, it just seems to have just kind of gone into a bit of a downward spiral, you know. And I, part of me is actually hoping the guy's all right. You know, and that there's not something underlying going on there. You know, because he hasn't looked comfortable in front of the mic. You know, and uh, he, I, do, I don't know. I don't know whether he's maybe come in and uh, it just didn't seem like the Derek Adams that I'm that I'm familiar with. 
if you know what I mean. I would have expected him to come in and say, right, okay, this is a tough gig, but I've been in tough gigs before. Get my sleeves rolled up. Get in about this. Get these guys all working. Get their roles all pinpointed as to what you want them to do and get them as a unit. You know, he's done it before, but it just doesn't seem to have happened. It just doesn't seem to have worked like that. You know, it's almost like, you know, criticising Malky's team, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a clever move. Criticising, you know, I know the money has been spent on this squad. He's, and then, you know, they should be all doing better. And, you know, some of them are, it's all very well saying these things in your own mind and in your meetings with your CEO or whatever else. But, I don't think that's a clever thing to do that in front of the, the, the public and then everybody, all your fans, everybody, all your pundits are jumping on it then. He's calling our league, whatever. And, you know, this team's like 100 times worse than Morecambe. It's like, I don't think so, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed in all that, I must admit. And I just thought, I, I thought, cause he, could, he could be quite a volatile character previously, you know? And... He was he was a man that wasn't liked by a lot of a lot of opposition um, supporters and stuff like that, you know, because he he'd say his mind. But I thought maybe his time down in England and that, and you know, his time away from the club, he maybe would have sort of maybe matured. He would have maybe been a bit more mellow. Um, maybe spent more time concentrating on the work he had to do rather than coming out and just being critical, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I was quite. So I was quite disappointed in that side. I think I think um, I think he could have done himself a bit more, a few more favours by just being a bit more, um, you know, maybe not as honest, you know, and maybe just rein it in a bit, you know. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I must admit, the first interview, like I was like, oh, why don't you just give, just 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 tell Don to go and do the interview or, or Scott Thompson or somebody, you know, if you're that if you're that emotional and you're that wound up, you know, just get your assistant to go and do it. You know, but I, that, that's my viewpoint. You know, and I'm just a supporter, liaison officer, like you know. But uh, yeah, no, it's just it's a shame. It really is, like you know, because it's kind of left us in a position now where we're kind of floundering a wee bit, and we've got we're in a position where we're having to try and get some points and stuff like that. We've got a lot of injuries, um, and obviously Don's taking on the role now, and uh, you know he's he's got a job in his hands. You know, and we all we all need to be behind him, really. Yeah, yeah. and. Andy, we had you on the podcast following the the comments that Derek made against Dundee, and we were kind of we were dissecting him a little bit there. We thought that it was maybe just Derek's old character coming up that he was just speaking his mind, trying to get a reaction from the players. A bit of you know when when Roy was talking about the the, the managerial appointment, he was wanting someone with that kind of Alex Ferguson mentality, and it felt like that's what Derek was trying to do. Now, it certainly caught us all by surprise in the in the media room that day when when he came out and said it and it looked like as I said it had the positive reaction but I think it was one of those ones where had he just tried to to continue building the levels that he had set you know in the first three matches I remember that one of the key messages he was saying that is he he doesn't come in and make wholesale changes he just tries to build things you know a layer at a time whereas then after that Dundee game it felt like might be wrong in saying this, but he just took a sledgehammer to the layers that he'd already built. And it was kind of like, at that point, it was then just trying to scramble to see what could work. I don't yeah. know if, if it was just my sense of that, Andy, but I don't know I don't know what you were thinking from, you know, from the media's point of view. Yeah, looking back on it now, um, I mean, I was kind of wondering at time as well, even more so, because of just how quickly it came around. But the message pretty constantly from Derek in his initial weeks in the job was, 
you know, I'm still taking time to assess things. Um, I need to give all the players in this squad a chance. Um, you know, he was quite consistent with his team selection in the first three games, if I remember rightly. So, yeah. you know, there were players there that hadn't really played too much. Obviously, the, the game against St Mirren was the, the first setback. And I remember him being very measured and very calm after that, you know, took it on the chin. Um, so for some something like we saw after the Dundee game to come out of him, you know, it's been bugging me the whole way through just what really triggered that and, you know, what he had seen. Because he, he clearly had made his assessment by that point. But, um, you know, whether it was training standards and um, something within the dressing room that he didn't like, he he was just it was just such a, a switch, you know, from the message he'd been uh, delivering in the, the weeks prior to that. Um, and I suppose you know I remember being on the, the podcast that night, and it, it was a real kind of interesting point because we were all speculating as to what the reaction was going to be like, and you know what the um, what the effects of it were going to be. <clears throat> In actual fact, from being at the game at Tynecastle, it looked like there was a quite a positive effect you know the yeah there was no element of um you know an immediate I, I know there were a couple of games postponed before that but you know it's not as if there was an immediate um sort of negative response to it and I just wonder if you know whether they got a result in in that game uh, I, you know by that I mean a, a victory held, held out on onto the 2-0 victory and um or, or got a result against Aberdeen in, in the final game before the break then it may have given you know, Derek, something to to really show to the players and say, you know, yeah, if yeah. you if you get behind me, you know, this is what I'm all about, and this is what will happen. You know, this is what I'm I'm going to do. Um, I guess there was just never that one big result that he was able to to get the players to perhaps believe in after that, um, which was maybe his his downfall and you know that um, volatility that you you speak of. Kenny from his previous spells as well. I mean, you probably remember it being a case where he, he kind of had a, a united cause in, in delivering that volatility. You know, he had the team behind him and he was maybe standing up for his, his players a little bit more. Whereas this time around, it was a little bit more focused on, you know, what he had inherited and how it was really difficult for him in the situation yeah. he was in. Um, yeah. You know, because <clears throat> I suppose if you've got everyone sort of behind him, as he's, you know, delivering those messages, then it becomes an awful lot more um, of a sort of hostile message to send to other teams. I yeah. guess on this occasion, other teams were picking holes in in county for, you know, for the last few weeks. And absolutely, uh, it's just been a difficult period for for everyone involved. I don't think we've obviously not seen the best of the players. We've definitely not seen the best of of Derek during this period. He just never looked particularly. Happy, content, and no. you know, on that basis, I suppose it it was just inevitable that something really had to to change. Yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think so, and I think it. As I said, I think it just hit breaking point on Friday night, based on the performance and and result. I mean, Andy, you spoke about your career how it felt like it had come full circle with you know you started at the PJ when when Derek had just kind of left, and you know he's he's now back, and it it's interesting that full circle moment because. The two Motherwell matches during his tenure, well, his third spell here, feels like another full circle moment because I remember feeling so optimistic after that that win in Dingwall. And okay, Motherwell were very poor that night, but we were we were very good, and it looked like we building yeah. blocks. Yeah, building blocks were there. Whereas then, you know, 
that was just totally flipped on its head and then some on, on Tuesday night for, for that yeah. performance. And Stephen, I guess, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a shame to see, see it happen to someone that is considered a, a club legend. I think, you know, we, we've spoken plenty of times that, you know, initially we were really happy to see Derek come back. And um, I don't think anyone anticipated it ending this way at, at this speed. No, I, I, you were thinking it was going to be, you know, uh, a sort of, I wouldn't say a long and happy marriage, but you certainly think it would have more legs in it than it did. Um, I certainly think a wee bit at the moment that, like a lot of times when something like this happens, the manager's the one that carries the can. Um, some people have their opinions that maybe it's deserved that Derek's got that. I'd be looking into a bit more, and as Kenny says, and, and, and we're sort of referring to there, he didn't look happy. So why was the reason that? Why did that change so much in such a short space of time? And I think eventually stuff like that will potentially come out in the wash more than anything. So I think um, as fans of the club, I think we should also be asking now why we're on our third manager in one season. That's certainly something that has to be considered as well. Um, if you look at his, you know, his record in the first 11 games, it's pretty much around where the majority of our managers since Derek was originally there before have had that you know John Hughes is the only one that was probably a wee bit way out in front with 13 points and Owen Coyle was just behind him with 12 do you know what I mean um, so he's not much and, and Malky had a worse start with only 6 points in the first 11 games so it wasn't like we know when you change a manager the county we're going to struggle a wee bit um, so from that point of view I'm a bit disappointed because we put a whole structure in round to support Derek Um and now he's walked away from it. It's very strange that a manager walks away from something, especially when he's got such feeling for a club like Ross County. You know, he said that was the reason he came back, one of the reasons, because his affiliation with the club. So for him to walk out, it must have been pretty bad. And I think people are sort of focusing more on Derek's reaction. But for me, it seemed like he was a frustrated character this time. And I think it's maybe something that over time will maybe come out a bit more. So I don't think, even though it might feel like it right now, and I know a lot of the fans are blaming Derek for everything that's happened, I think in the cold light at the end of the season when we start to dissect things, I think maybe the Derek's frustrations will maybe become a bit more clear as to, to why the situation arose. And I think um I think there's more than just Derek might have to have a look at themselves through this these turn of events. I think it's it's certainly an interesting one where you look back at previous teams and previous seasons and think what what can you compare it to now? There potentially is the direct comparison there where we had the season we got relegated where we had Jim McIntyre at the start of the season then Owen Coyle came in and then latterly at the end of the season it was it was Ketz and Fergie I think for me looking from the side at, at times with with some of Derek's comments and you know the, the the players look so low on confidence and I think it's safe to say that you know he's he's not been afraid to make his feelings known at some of the players performances as a collective group post-match um, and I think that eventually wears them down. I think that can, you know, you can put that down to the mistakes perhaps on Tuesday night to a lack of confidence, a lack of belief. And it's it's one of those ones where I wouldn't doubt the players' professionalism, professionalism on their own part that they'll give 100% for themselves. But when you're needing them to run through brick walls for their manager, would they necessarily want to do that? Would that be their gut instinct when the person that has been in charge has been so critical of them the amount of times that he has? I think it's a bit different if, 
you have that conversation behind the scenes where you say, look, I don't think you're doing this. I don't think you're doing that. Stephen, we've said it before that people can have the mentality of, okay, well, I'll prove you wrong. I think that that's okay to have that. But when someone keeps delivering that message to you, it, it, it can drive you down lower and lower. And, you know, modern day football, people, management has changed. Players have changed. The, the psychology of football has changed. You know, I think you, you look at, at Malky and I, I think Malky was really good man manager with the players as well. I think all the players did respect Malky and think very highly of him. And whereas obviously with Derek coming in, it was a, it was a total 180 style of change, you know, of a manager compared to, to Malky yeah. with that kind of, that kind of approach. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, it's worked. And it, it reminds me a lot of Hibbs under Terry Butcher when he got the job there and kind of as the season was going on, they were kind of falling down the table quite a bit into a precarious position. And his comment constantly was, it's okay by the summer, you know, we'll be fine. And in the summer, I'll, I'll build my own team. The, you know, this isn't my team right now. Wait till you see my team. Yeah. And, and it, it ended the only way it would do with a manager delivering messages like that, where yeah. they got beat in the playoffs by, by Hamilton and they were relegated and, and Butcher was sacked in the summer. So it kind of, it, it kind of felt like it was, there was parallels with that yeah. kind of side there to to what was going on just now, Kenny, I don't know if you'd maybe agree with that or kind of what were your no, thoughts I, on I, that. I, I totally agree with it, Ross. I think, it, it, you know, um, I'm old enough to know that, and I've, I've had a lot of managers in, in obviously different professions, but, you know, you react well to certain people because of their style and their, their, the way they deal with you. And that that that's huge, and especially when you're dealing with a football team, I think you need somebody in the dugout who knows how to deal with these kind of guys, you know, and and get that kind of and actually like demands that kind of respect, you know, because you're dealing with guys that are in their twenties, you're dealing with young dudes that are that are like you know tweaked sports cars, you know, and it's all about sports science, it's all about you know the, the numbers and everything else, you know. But at the end of the day, some of these guys, what, what's happening up here? And I'm pointing my head for anybody who can't see <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what's, what's happening up there? And, and sometimes some of these guys need an arm around them sometimes, you know, and somebody just take them aside and just say, like, what's what's happening with you? You know, you know everything okay? What's the crack? You know, you don't seem to be yourself in training and that, you know. It's just that one-to-one thing. I just feel that. I just feel that sometimes that's. I think he maybe would have got that with Malky. He would have spotted that kind of thing and maybe taken the likes of Kyle Turner or somebody else aside and said, "How's things going? Everything okay? You know, just feel you're not at it today. You know, just little things like that. You know, and spending time on that rather than saying, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure some of these guys are giving their all. You know, a lot of these boys that are on the pitch need to be doing better. And I know the money it's been spent and blah 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 blah. It's all very negative. You know, and I just feel if you if you start on that tone, you you're kind of digging a wee bit of a hole for yourself because you've then got to try and dig yourself back out of that when you see them again in training. How do you react? Now I'd love I, I I don't go near the training, but I'd love to have gone down to see how the team and how the players and that were reacting and, and what what re- you know how what was the involvement between Derek and the players, you know, or was he just standing back? And watching and letting Don do it, I don't know enough of that, you know, to just get a wee bit of the psychology of what was going on, you know. That's what I feel sometimes um, with the man management thing, and that, that's why it works for people like Pep and Klopp and these sort of guys because they're very, very good at that. 
they're very good at going on and giving their players a hug at the end of the match and you know it's a big thing you know and laughing with them and joking with them and going into the dressing room and having a beer with them and stuff like that you know it's all about that Walter Smith was massive with that and, and when he went to Scotland and stuff and he did these things it, it's it's huge and I just think if you haven't got that and I just wasn't getting that you know I was, I was all I was seeing was this whole negative thing and you know, it's not my team, it's Malky's team. You know, I'm going to have to go out in January and I'm going to have to sort of get a load of people in and do all this. Right away, that puts your, if you're, if you're one of the employees, right away you're thinking, well, you're basically saying I'm, I'm crap and, and, and you're going to just replace me. You're going to, you know, not, what do I do? I don't know what that would do for my mental health, you know, and my whole demeanour when I'm driving away from the club at night, you know, I'd be just like such a downer. Yeah. And these guys are young and that's, I just think I just think that um, I don't know. I just think sometimes that's the kind of thing I think that um, Fergie and Ketch would have been very good at. They would have been very good at having a laugh with the guys, banter, everything else. The training would have been enjoyable. Possibly the same with Don and Malky. There would have been a lot of laughing and a lot of joking and stuff at like that. I'm not saying that wasn't wouldn't be the case with Derek because he's got his guys around him like Don and everybody else. But I just feel that 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 the whole thing just seems to gone the opposite way of what I thought was going to happen yeah. and I think that's the disappointing thing like you know so yeah no I don't, don't disagree with anything you said there Ross I think I think you're spot on yeah, yeah. I think um, it was myself and my dad who had this kind of conversation and he raised a really good point he'll be putting his fist in the air buzzing that I've mentioned this but he <laughs> said normal walks of life you know let's take professional football out of the equation for example in your job not everyone would like their manager no. But it's important to respect them. Correct. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be, you know, pally with them, that you're going out for, you know, a beer on a Friday night after work with them and stuff like that, or spending time away from work and things. But when you're in that working environment, because of how they treat you, how they work, you see their work ethic, you see what they're, the message yeah. they're trying to deliver. And, you know, that then, you then build respect for them and yeah. you will do everything you can to to help them. And basically treat and people as you'd want to be treated yourself exactly you know? exactly and and yeah. that's and that's i think where the issue was then coming from with the squad right now that you know yeah. okay they you don't necessarily need to like the manager as 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 a as a pal basis but you need to yeah. respect him he's he's yeah. your manager and i think that that was building and then the dundee comments as I said, you know, it felt like it took a hammer to it, and then it just it, it felt just like a bit of a yeah a, a boulder rolling down a hill from that point, Andy. And yeah. you know, some of the yeah. comments afterwards, I think there's been quite a a reluctance from Derek to kind of take any of the blame on his shoulders. I, I mean, with the the poor performances and results, it seems to be that he has tried to drive the narrative the entire time onto the players' performances, even after you know the the defeats against like of St Johnston or the draw against Livingston, where you know, we're talking about like having a group of Malky's players and a group of his players. He was delivering that message where we hadn't gotten into the transfer window yet, so he hadn't had a chance to build the squad. Whereas, you know, latterly those games, that was half of that was his team. They were his players that he brought in. So it just felt like it was, you know, you're wanting these players to be on your side. But as that boulder keeps rolling down a down a hill, it just it seemed just seemed to be getting worse. Yeah, yeah no, without a doubt. Um I mean, just dipping back into the point about man management, obviously, you know, as, as reporters and um, as, as fans, you know, we, we're privy to 
you know, a certain amount of information, you know, we get good access and everything, but you don't see everything that goes on uh, far from it. And, and we don't expect to, obviously, but, um, you, you know, it's, it can't be, can't be sure for exact, you know, what, what is said and how everything plays out, you know, in the dressing room and, and training and whatnot. Um, but the, um, yeah, the, the, the signs looked as if, you know, the, the players weren't buying into, um, you know, what was, what was being, what was being done there, but, um, a, sorry, I lost my train of thought there because my <laughs> wife is going <laughs> <putting> me. <laughs> hey, we'll cut that bit out. Hi. Hello, Shona. Hey. Welcome to the podcast as well. <laughs> um, the point I was going to make was uh, I think maybe the timing of his appointment perhaps didn't help. Um, and, and the fact that from an early stage, it, did, it looked as if he was struggling to put his own stamp on everything. Um, if you look back to his, well, I mean, both spells at, at Ross County previously, I suppose he had built something completely of his own. You know, he was in a familiar environment as a, a player who obviously became a manager of, you know, teammates. But, you know, he was able to kind of organically build that um, that, that setup there. Obviously, when he came back second time around, it was so quick fire um, after his initial departure to Hibs that, not very much had changed so he already had people that or players that um, th- that really understood him and knew what they were getting from him and there was a yeah. probably a much better chemistry than 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 what we saw this time around because I suppose he, he came in and it, of course it was Malky's squad um, and he, he was maybe just trying to you know impart his own personality onto the onto the squad and his own way of doing things that that just wasn't quite happening and maybe that's what triggered the the reaction that we saw yeah. uh, after the Dundee game because he thought that that approach might you know get something out of them I suppose the danger there is that you know he had no real allies within the squad there were no you know guys that, that had a track record of um, you know pulling behind him so I, I wonder if you know if he'd come in during a summer or even during the January transfer window and was able to make a few changes at least before then being able to um, you know make some of the statements that he did, then you know we might have seen a different kind of Derek Adams this time around. But uh, you know the timing is everything, and uh, you know that's one situation where you know perhaps I, I feel it didn't help him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it certainly looking back to the, the Dundee comments, they felt premeditated. Like at the time, I, th- I yes, we we we've said this that I think had that game finished nil nil, I think he would have still came out and and made similar comments. I don't, I don't think the majority of that was based on the last minute Dundee winner. Perhaps there might be one or two comments in there, but I think the the basis of the message would have still been the same, and it's. It was one of those ones where had he delivered that message and he hadn't been seeing that the results on the park, you could have maybe kind of seen him or understood why he was trying to do that, that things were not working since he came in, as soon as he set foot in the door. And that's why he's then tried to change this approach. Whereas he'd only lost his, his first game the week prior. And that Dundee defeat, okay, that was the second one. But when you look at it, the seven points out of a possible 15, you know, it was probably unfortunate that they didn't pick up more than that. They probably would have deserved the draw against Dundee, maybe if not beat them, because I think we were the better team on the day. But, you know, the result was the result. 
So it felt quite odd, the timing of it. But then when you kind of started to break it down, it, it certainly it certainly felt premeditated. And I mean, Stephen, we, we've spoken about it, I, I don't know, you know, how many times you've spoken about how you would feel if that was kind of questioned of of you. Do you think that Derek had done enough, not even just in, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but even in front of the media following that to try and kind of buy the players back in? Because after that Hearts <laughs> performance, he was full of praise for them. He, he praised their first half performance and, you know, the the poor journalist that, that got both barrels of Derek saying, you know, we absolutely murdered them in the first half. You know, it was, it was a total polar opposite to what he had said after the Dundee game. So, do you think he needed to put more messages like that out into the public to almost try and help the players buy back in? His first comment, though, the Dundee after the Dundee game, he says we were the better players, didn't they? I'm pretty sure of that. He said we were the better team. We were the better team, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, that sort of gets lost a wee bit in it. You know, it's as if the, the whole thing, you know. So he's saying the players were the better team, but he said the standard was poor. Which I don't think if anyone was at that game could argue with it. It really was a poor game. Do you know what I mean? So. Again, I just think it's sometimes a wee people how they interpret a wee bit more than anything for me. It's do you know what I mean? Um and you're saying there, Ross, we're not privy to go what goes on behind the scenes, but I think a big part of that was the build up to that taking place. And I felt Derek felt he had to come out and make a statement because I think um and even his comments previously, uh, the other comments about, you know, and again it was the journalist that said it, not Derek. He didn't come out and you know, he clarified it and he says, I'm not saying I don't want to be here. But, you know, again, we're hitting him for being honest. How often have we criticized managers and come out uh, given a a generic narrative after the game, oh, you know, game of two halves and blah blah. He's come out and been honest with it. So sometimes I think we have to, you know, <sighs> Except that that's what Derek was. You know, you do the deal with the devil. You knew what you were getting with Derek. I'm, I'm always surprised that people now are sort of aghast what's happened in that side of it. Derek was always like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was just, I think what's happened is it happened so quickly in his reign this time. And, and to go back on your, Andy's point, you know, we're talking about his previous reigns organically time to build. I think that's a very good point, Andy. I think that's one thing that people have sort of lost in this is I think Derek should have had more time to build and I think it should have been, been time to build under his own terms and conditions I think that's what his father allowed him to do previously do you know what I mean that his dad ran the whole side of that you know others kept everything out from all other sources and Derek was allowed to focus and make the decisions based on what he wanted I'm not entirely sure that that was the case this time and I think that's where a lot of Derek's frustration has came so I have a lot of sympathy for him in fairness I think if you're um asked to come back to a club to do the job and I think it's not so much that I don't think he didn't have respect for Malky's players what I think is he's gone in there and looked at it and thought right well you know bearing in mind a lot of these Malky's players we just avoided the playoff relegation so the way he's come in you know you forget about it guys these, these, these are people it's their jobs as well and they'll come in and only have a short period of time to change something most of us in our jobs get a lot longer to change something around and I think Derek had seen enough in his mind to make, right, I need to make these changes. And I, I always get a bit surprised as well that people are sort of defending some of these players who have maybe not performed as well as they should have. Um, you know, if you look under Malky's time, you know, how often did we see in the season before Malky when we just scraped it in the playoff? 
but some of these boys are better and they should have been doing better. Well, that carried on into the next season. So again, I'm a bit of sympathy with Derek when I look at it because he's obviously coming and gone, right, I need to change this now to make the difference. So I think, um, yeah, all the whole psychology stuff and that, yes, I do think there's stuff premeditated. Um, but I think Derek in his mind thought he was doing the right thing to try and get the right result quickly and turn it round. Um, it'll be interesting, put it this way. There's a lot of players there now that have seen Malky away and seen Derek away. 15 games left. Okay, we've all seen them can play well for one or two games, but can they put it together for 15? Because there'll be no hiding place under Don. He's massively well-respected in football, and rightly so, by the way he conducts himself and the way he will manage people. So there's no hiding place for these players about, I'm not happy about who I've been spoken to, or I'm not happy about this, or I'm not confident because of this. They will have no hiding place. Can they put a run of more than two or three games together well? If not, then you're certainly going to be questioning them. It's maybe not just Derek that there's there's there was issues here, that there's maybe a lot deeper stuff going on at this point in time that needs addressed at the club. Um, you mentioned there kind of we knew what we were kind of getting into and kind of doing the deal with the devil in terms of what we all know what Derek's like. I, I mean, Andy, we were both there at his unveiling, and one of the things that stood out that that Roy said is he th- he thinks that Derek had had mellowed now I, we were thinking that I think over the first first few weeks um, that then he then showed his fiery side obviously after the Dundee comments and you know what, what he said against Hearts it then felt like well, I mean we spoke after the, the when you were on the podcast that those comments had put all the eyes on Ross County despite Hearts going to Celtic Park and winning and there being a National Cup final that weekend. All the eyes were on Ross County and all the eyes were on Derek Adams. And while we kind of, we praised that and we praised Derek's honesty as well. Stephen mentioned there, you know, that he wasn't giving the generic answers that a, a normal manager would give. And that honesty might have been refreshing to some. And I think the outrage at a lot of a lot of county fans, I don't think it was at those comments. I think it was latterly then the, the comments made to the BBC after the Park Thistle game, where he's not, of, of course, he's not outright said it, but he's also not shut down the question with regards to, you know, was he regretting the move even at that point? And that was, what, three, four weeks ago now. Yeah, we, we knew what we were getting. I don't think we expected it as quickly as we did. Could he have earned himself more time? potentially, you know, with his handling things on the park. But I think the stuff off the park, I don't think particularly helped him. I think that then just shortened the fuse further and further and and Andy didn't have anywhere to go after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that, you know, in, in the reaction to both the Dundee comments and the Partick Thistle ones that, you know, Derek maintained all along is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest, you know. I'm uh, in interviews. I, I am going to, to to say what I I truly think. I'm not going to camouflage anything. I think was his phrase, um, which you know, as Stephen says, you you do admire that, um, and you, you know, he, he clearly had you know ideas in his head by then as to what he was looking to to go and do with the squad. I think he maybe felt like he was a bit hamstrung when it came to January for a couple of reasons. He, I mean, one of the first things he actually said uh, beyond the unveiling was that, um, you know, I, I prefer to sign 
players on on short term contracts. Yeah. Um, what became apparent after the Partick Thistle game was just how um, how many of the the current squad are tied up beyond this summer. I think there are only you know a very small handful, three or four, maybe uh, aside from his own loan signings, of course. Um, you know, if the squad that he inherited that are that are signed, uh, sorry, that are out of contract this this summer. So, you know, he, he clearly felt um, as if he was a little bit kind of roped in with what he was working with, which is maybe one of the points that he's been kind of alluding to, you know, in some of the interviews about, you know, this club's in a difficult circumstance. Uh, you know, we've heard it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if maybe there would have been a, you know, a better way to, you know, maybe disguise those frustrations. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Maybe, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's in Derek's nature, really. With, with, no, you know, based, I agree, based on I agree with Andy. I don't think that's, that's him as a person. I think that's what you see and that's what you get with him. Um, and I think he's been like that, you know, through his whole career. I don't think that, for me, it was never a shock. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm surprised that other people are shocked if you follow Derek's career. He's, he's got that in his nature to do that. And it's interesting, Ross, you were saying, oh, you know, it might have bought him a bit more time. I think in Derek's mind, he felt that he didn't have time. And you've got a short window to change things around. And I think the way Derek was looking at it is I think he felt, and, and maybe that'll prove it, you know, time will tell, you know, maybe he sat there and felt, I need to change this now and drastically because I felt it's not going to go the way, otherwise we're, we're, in, we're in real trouble. Do you know what I mean? And I think time will tell a wee bit on that. But again, individual performances and mistakes in the past couple of games have led me to look at it and say, he's maybe got a point there. Do you know what I mean? And Malky was maybe sitting there as well. You know, the warning signs were there when we had that absolute stinker of a game away at St Johnston that Malky ended up getting the sack from. Do you know what I mean? So the warning signs were there. So I think, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and say, you know, buy yourself a bit more time. As a manager, that's something you don't have. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why Derek's reaction was so extreme and so thingy to it, is I think, as you said yourself, Andy, he's maybe looked at it and realised there's boys in longer-term contracts here. I would not be surprised in the window if he was trying to get some of them out the door. And maybe that was yeah. half of his frustration, that maybe that, that, that things weren't pushed to his liking. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure Derek would have had a clear mandate when he spoke to Roy initially coming back in that what he would require and what he would want do you know what I mean and maybe that again he felt aggrieved at that that maybe that just didn't play out as he'd hoped do you know what I mean so again you know for me sorry Ken I was just going to say for me the manager should call the shots and everything yeah. and if he felt very quickly that he's turned up in a, a job where that's now not taking place and it's not you know in, in his mind already it's going to lose anyway do you know what I mean? Um, it's not going to work for him. So what I would say is, it's interesting, it was very clear that he resigned from the post, which means he won't pick up a penny from the club. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, people are, you know, I, I felt, you know, I, I did really feel sorry for him then because I think, as you said yourself, Kenny, someone that's done so much for the club and is a club legend, and rightly so, with his record and that, I don't mind if, play, if fans feel their opinion is they want a manager to go. That's fair enough. That's every pain punter's right. You've got, you know, you pay your ticket, you're in response. It was some of the vitriol that went with it, and some of the the, the nastiness that went with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that definitely. And, and, and yeah. it was just it was over the top for me, massively over the top. It doesn't need to be like that. And that's why I have a bit of sympathy with him as well, because I think everything's been focused on him, and and some people may feel that's that's his own fault. But as you said, I think there's a lot more going on there, and I think over time that will come out. And I think this frustration, and I think he's maybe just looked at it. And, 
you know, who might the question Derek Adams? He's going to be a lot better football coach than I ever will be. Do you know what I mean? His record will show that. And if, if his opinion is going in there that he thinks it needs to be changed drastically, then um, it's, it's like Malky's opinion as well. I would never question that. So they obviously know, you know, they know football inside out, these guys. Do you know what I mean? Um, they've served their apprenticeship on it. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And I hope for Don that he does get the the full backing of the individuals and players involved to do what he needs to do. And it'll be interesting that 15 games. Do we see a couple of good games and then it falls away again? In which case, it'll be very interesting. But um, yeah, I, I've got really mixed emotions about it because I really rate Derek Kiley as, a, a, as a, a manager and I still do, to be honest. I think, you know, but if he if he chose to walk away from it, then there's something seriously wrong then at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree with a certain element of what Stephen's saying as well. But I think I think basically my my take on it is he's made life hard for himself, and that's the, I think that's the bottom line here. I think if you're a if you're a good enough manager and a coach, and you've worked with teams, and you're saying that the team you worked with was a hundred times better than what you've come to, then you should be able to come in and get a reaction right away and be able to make things better on a team that's a hundred times worse. You should be able to say, right, I'm a good coach. I'm a good manager. I will change this. I will make this. This is what I've got to work with. I know the money that's been spent on it. I know the tools I've got. I need to now show that I'm the manager that can turn this round. I don't think he did that. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't, I don't I disagree with Kenny. I'm arguing with it. You know, I think he, he did the opposite of what he should have done in my mind. Well, you know? I think, I think if, from the outside looking in, I think that's the way it looks. Well, yeah. you're talking about having the tools. I think he was probably promised or, or was led to believe that this was, you know, how he could change it. And when he's got in there, he then he's not. So that's why I think he feels hamstrung. Do you know what I mean? My own personal opinion. And that's why I have a bit of sympathy with him because sometimes if you're sold one thing and then it turns out not to be that, and that seems to be the theme of it. And we probably will never know, Kenny, but I just think... No. I think that's that's the sort of overriding feeling for me, and I think as well, you know, I get what Ross is saying and people are saying about young boys and, and being motivated in that, but there also is a responsibility, irrespective of who the manager is, and I'd be interested to see how many quickly they get off the treatment table in the next few weeks. Do you know what I mean? And some of these boys that have you know been nursing, allegedly nursing well, off. Well, well, I doubt that's going to be the case. I think there's a few of them that, are, that, that have effectively reacted the opposite of what he was wanting. And yeah. I think that I wouldn't be surprised that a few of them are, are like holding on to injuries that are that are not actually full blown injuries, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some come back. I think, um, that, for, me, for me, that's for me, for me, that's a worry because for me, irrespective of what's going on, the manager, personal pride should get you on that pitch and show what you can do. That's that's my own personal opinion. One hundred percent, and I, th- I think I think you're right, and I think you see it at, at, at every club. Yeah, but I look at one guy at the moment that's bottom of the league, and. He's hamstrung with the fact they've got no money. He's got yeah. no, he can't buy players. He can't get people in. He's really struggling, but he manages to hold himself well in interviews. He manages. I'm pretty sure he manages to hold on to that dressing room as well. Yeah. So, I, I, but it's maybe a game for me. You know, I think maybe I think for me comes across yeah. as that kind of guy that I would react to as yeah. a, as an employee. But I know? think I think in that one with Martindale, he probably knows that's what he's getting. Do you know what I mean? My sort of point is, is Derek maybe had been sold it in one way. Do you know what I mean? I don't believe he would leave Morecambe without assurances of certain things, and maybe that's just not played out. So I think that's. Yeah. Just, I'm not. I'm not trying to 
absorb Derek of any blame in this. I think as a manager, no, no. you have a level of responsibility, so I understand that. But what Absolutely. I'm trying to say is, it seems like the focus, everyone's sort of focusing on Derek and thinking, well, if he goes, that's going to change everything. And I don't necessarily think this will be the case, like Joanne. No, I think we're in a bad position anyway, and I think he did yeah. that himself, you know. And I don't think I don't think anybody's under any illusion that this is going to be a tough fifteen games for us. Yeah, you know, um, it's a tough it's a tough gig for us any season, you know. Um, but we have to remember that that we've managed to navigate ourselves out of these sort of positions before. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm honest, I think they were too quick to get rid of Mali. Well, we all said that ourselves. We said that. You know, we were all asked. We all yeah. felt he should have been given yeah. a bit more time. Do you know what I mean? I think I think he should have been given a bit more time. You know, because you know he obviously wanted to do things. I would have given him the window, if I'm honest, to yeah. see what he brought in. You know, but it's a difficult one. Enda's still there, and Enda's the big database. You know, so yeah. Don will have that at his at his uh, beck and call. So whether he can manage to get people in that are out of contract, or whether he can get people in that are that you know whether he needs to do that if he needs emergency cover in certain areas, but he's. I think I think if I'm looking at the squad, and I'm looking at the likes of Livingston, and I'm looking at likes of St Johnston, I'm thinking we can get out of this. You know, and that's what the dressing room needs to be told. Yeah, we need to do the head lasso. We need to get the big believe sign above the door <laughs> and just get them all to hit it as they're going out of the dressing. Room. You know, <laughs> I'll go in there. I'll go in there. <laughs> I like I like that comparison, Kenny. There's, there's a couple of points I just want to make there as well. You guys are talking about players that are injured, or I'll I'll use the kind of quotation marks for this one, injured that are potentially not that we're not pulling their way. I I personally don't believe that is true because the injuries that have been listed, they're, they're long term injuries. These are not boys that are just carrying knocks that are missing, you know, yeah. a game or two. I mean, you know, you've got. Dylan Smith, who was out, for, well, who is out for twelve weeks? He's in got, a boot. Yeah, yeah, you've got Ross Callahan, who's still doing his ACL recovery. You've got Connor Randall, who's going on uh, going under yeah. a knife tomorrow for for an operation. Yeah. These you've are got, big players. Yeah, you you've know? got you've got Jack Baldwin, who is struggling with injury as well. These guys have been walking wounded for the majority of the season, and perhaps it just it has broken down at that point. And you know, it's certainly not like we're suddenly down to the bare bones these are all of these are long-term injuries it's not like these are guys that are suddenly going to make an appearance back within you know the first week or two that that um that don's going to be in charge i think the only one that i think derek was even optimistic on had he stayed in the job was ryan leak after the injury he got against partick i kind of i think he said post-match that maybe ryan might be back for like the dundee game maybe at the earliest. Yeah. So you're looking yeah. at that and thinking there isn't, there's not that no. within the, the boys being like, no, no I'm not going to, I'm just going to say I'm going to, I'm, I don't I'm think injured, I can't play here. Yeah, I think you're right, Ross. I don't think professional footballer do that. You know, I, I think to be honest, there might be an element of them being unhappy and that might come across on the pitch. They might not try as hard. I don't know. Um, but I think professional footballers, they're, they're going on to the park to do their job at the end of the day, you know? And, and, and I agree, yeah. And I think that's the case, you know. I, I I don't think they're giving anything less than 100%, but I think especially the last three games you look at it, you've come up against three teams that are running through brick walls for their manager. Yeah. And and that's that's more of a subconscious thing. I don't think that's, you know, the, the players will always give their all for their own professionalism. As you've said, it's their job. But when, you know, they're needing to, you know, show a, a bit of grit and determination for 
someone that's on the sidelines that either believes in you or doesn't believe in you because they've been criticizing you week in week out yeah. I, I think that's where we've seen the, the the big you know big differences I would say over the, over the last three games there's there have been signs where we've come up against teams with you know even with being six points to drift, drift at the bottom of the table that Livingston team were fighting that's exactly and that's that's the difference yeah, yeah. And even, you know, you look at what we're talking about full circle moments after the, the Motherwell 3-0 game here in Dingwall. That looked like a night where Ketwell might not have actually survived until the next game. Now, he's still on the job. Now, yeah. that didn't look like a team on Tuesday night that wasn't playing for their manager. In, in no, absolutely not. But I think, I think, but I think, yeah, that's a very good point, actually. But I think Motherwell have actually been quite shrewd there. And they've actually given Ketch time. They've actually said, right, this is a good young manager. You don't just pull the trigger. You know what I mean? And eventually, some of the guys that are missing through injuries or whatever else will come back, and the team will get better. Well, that's and what we, that's what we did. Under, that's what we, we did last season under Malky. Yeah. You you look at it and think, you know, Kets has maybe been a bit unlucky that they lost Van Veen in the summer. Obviously, scored yeah. however many goals for them, and then this season they, they've struggled with that. We did the exact same last season after we lost Spittle, Charles Cook, and Hungbo. We struggled to replace that, and yeah. they decided to keep the faith with Malky for the calm head and proved to be the right decision at the end with the, the the playoff game would another manager have been able to turn that around don't know that was a t- that was a team that playoff game that was together and they were fighting for fighting for their, their own lives but also their manager's life as well that doesn't that doesn't suddenly just change I know there's been a, a turnover of players here and there but I don't think Andy I don't know if you agree that that doesn't change just just like that no absolutely no. Um, I, I mean that no matter how you know the, the team got themselves into that position last season. I mean, you, you'd probably look at the Hearts game as being the the, the one where, yeah, we're in deep trouble here. Yeah. And yeah. you know, to 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 be, you know, in a situation after that, was it four points adrift? I think it was. Um, yeah. And uh, then even fast forward it to twenty minutes left of the the playoff game. Uh, you know, to actually pull the survival out from a situation like that. You know, you just don't do that unless you're just giving blood, guts, and thunder for yeah. your manager. Um, and I suppose it's this crucial juncture of the season where you absolutely need that. Yeah. I guess we we haven't been seeing that in recent weeks. Yeah. I suppose an, a, an obvious parallel to make would be the the Partick Thistle game in the Scottish Cup, where we yeah. found ourselves with the same scoreline at the same stage of the game, and you know the, yeah. the reaction from the players that day was completely the opposite. Um, on on that occasion, but um, th- there's all, all different reasons why that might be the case. Um, either way, it just wasn't clicking between players and manager, and and so, you know, if Don can get a tune out of the the squad that's there, you know, in this this next crucial period, just to go into that, yeah. that real business end of the season, you know, with a bit of uh, impetus, a bit of momentum, then. You know that that's going to be key. That's that's really the the basis by which this this season's going to um, be a you know a make or a break. I I agree. And there was a just a couple of points I kind of wanted to make just so we can kind of round off a lot of the the Derek chat and kind of go on to the. the oh, other sorry. Of so just on that point, no, sorry. What I would say is I would disagree with all three. Is in the point of for me, if irrespective if you don't like the manager and don't respect them, I would still expect you as a fan. If I'm paying you as a supporter and I'm we're paying my hard-earned cash to still run through brick walls, it's all very well talked about 100%. My expectation is if I'm paying my money 
I expect you still to give him 100%. Whether you like the manager, don't like the manager, whether the manager selects you or doesn't select you, I would still expect that level of effort. That's my expectation as a fan. Anything less than you're cheating the fans at that point in time and you're using the manager as an excuse. That would be my mentality to it. That's my hope and expectation as a fan. If you guys are telling me that they're giving 100% but they're still not doing that extra bit, then that, for me, then they'll do it to any other manager at any point in time. And as I said, they've had different styles of management now. They've had Malky with the arm around them. They've had Derek with a blast. Don will probably be, I imagine, very much a, a player's manager. But that's what I'm trying to say. You know, the challenge for me now is, are we going to see it okay for a couple of games and everything's great and rosy and then it tails off again? You know, I don't. My personal thing, my personal opinion is, away to St Johnston when Malky got the sack, they weren't running through brick walls for him on that day. Trust me, yeah. they didn't give the players. So, so, I think you're right, Stephen. I think the players have got a responsibility that they've now seen two managers basically yeah. handed. So, I think the players have got a responsibility to stand up and be counted here now. Yeah, and they've got to say, "Well, look, this guy works with us every day in training. We yeah. need to do this for him." But not even not for them. For me, it should be personal pride. It should be the fans. It should be for the paycheck from your club. You should be doing it irrespective of who the manager is because managers will come and go. But for me, you shouldn't be hiding behind that. And that's my concern a wee bit, that this has been used as an excuse and a wee bit of a, a curtain to things. And I just think if that's the case, if, you, if you're telling me that they're, they're okay, they're, they're, we're not questioning professionalism, but they're not running through brick walls. Well, for me, that is questioning professionalism. You should be running through brick walls for the club. Do you know what I mean? That should be my expectation of it, irrespective of who the manager is. But that's my own personal opinion. That's what I would expect to see as a fan. Anything less, anything less for me, then you're cheating me at that point in time and I'd be questioning why you're doing that and I think you're using the manager as an excuse. I think you could you could argue that for a, a lot of... I don't want to compare football to modern day life, but you could argue that in a sense as well. That I Look, I, I think there is a difference between the players giving their all for someone that they clearly do not have the same relationship with compared to, you know, someone that they do. For for example, for with Derek and with Malky, that you, you've mentioned that St. Johnston game there. I don't think that St. Johnston game where as as poor as we were that day, that I mean the week prior, they went 80 minutes against Celtic with 10 men. And that wasn't a team that wasn't running through brick walls for the manager. And and granted, okay, results weren't great under Malky. That's you can't hide away from that fact. But I don't think that was down to player professionalism. I think that was just down to quality in the day. We were on a bad run of form. The confidence was low in those situations based on the performances. But Malky was trying to do his best to turn that around. Now, based on what we've just seen with Derek, I, I don't think the confidence was was low after that Dundee game where they, they lost in the last minute because of the the you know the three or four games prior to that. They'd won two of them, drawn one and lost one. It wasn't like yeah. that then suddenly needed a big change to no. you know turn the momentum around. And you know, yeah you look at you look at everyday life. You you want to go in and give a hundred percent in your job for the people around you and, and do everything you can. But when you're having someone above you constantly potentially putting you down you know, not just, you know, directly to you, but in front of others. And in this case is what we've said is, you know, national media, this this, this was coming becoming headlines. People were, rather than looking for the, the score lines, they were looking to see, oh, did County lose, right? I, I wonder what Derek's saying now post-match. That's that's what it, it felt like it was kind of starting to turn into a wee bit. 
Now, that was that was created because of I, I don't think so much the first one. People might have thought that was maybe just a, a one-off. Even though we know what Derek is like, we maybe thought that was just a, a, a kind of premeditated rant. It was the second one against Partick, where I think that's when people really started to focus, thinking, okay, if they get beat here, what's he going to say? They were expecting some yeah. sort of outburst or some sort of reaction that they could feed off. I mean, it's it's actually, it's interesting. It kind of goes on to the point that I was going to make that I actually compared the two reactions to the club statements on Twitter and the rea- the general kind of reaction to them. So the the statement about Malky when he left the club was viewed 980,000 times. It was retweeted 133 times, had 202 quote retweets with 549 likes. And that was back in November. Now I took this screenshot just before we started recording and the announcement of Derek resigning has been viewed 1.2 million times. It's been reposted 202 times. It's had 509 quote retweets and 1,000 likes. Now that is near enough double on, well, it's more than double on quote retweets. It's more than double, well, more than double on likes. You can't actually see how many it is over 1,000 at this stage. And it's already been viewed more times in 24 hours than the Malkies was, you know, and that was back in... when November. Yeah. yeah, November. You know, so I think... It's 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 gained people's eyes on onto the club and and when you've got someone that is but, not in, way, but, you know? but that's but that's it yeah. when you've got someone that's gaining the headlines and, and gaining this sort of media attention because yeah. they want he they're wanting to see what he's going to say about his club his players and things like that that's when you want you just you've got to put yourself in the position of a player thinking that if you're going to go in and and, and put in the the hard yards more than more than your hundred. 100%. If you're going to go through the brick walls like you had to do in the, the playoff final, like you had to do maybe against Dundee United away last season when we won 3-1, in these big, big moments, in these big matches, you'd want to do it for someone on the touchline that you respect and they respect you. But when you're not sure of that, I I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, I, I would love to say that you'd be able to see that every week regardless of that relationship but these people are players are human beings as well it's 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 not like they're they're robots i would like to think that you know for the respect of the fans that they will go and give give everything and i think the vast majority of times that they do but when you've got to rely on them maybe on you know in big moments to show grit and determination for someone not just the people in the stand but the, the person that's believing you that's brought you to the club that's playing you that's trying to to see you develop as a, a person and a player but they're they're not respecting you i yeah. i just I, I just don't i i just don't see how that's going to happen well i i just have a different opinion on it ross for me that it wouldn't make a difference for me it wouldn't make a difference if i know i'm got fans of the club that I'm responsible to if I know I've got a chairman I'm responsible to I've got a chief executive irrespective of who the manager is whether I like him don't like him what he says he doesn't say I would still be putting every single bit of effort in there and giving 110% and running through brick walls irrespective personal pride would drive me on more than anything at that point in time to prove prove the person wrong do you mean that's what my mentality would be and that's what my hope and expectation for the players are so that's just my opinion on it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I just think it's giving players an excuse right now. And I think you look at the different styles of management they've had, they haven't delivered yet this season, really. Um, and, and, you know, and Derek, as much as people criticised him for it, I think he's made a good point. You know, and Roy, one of the reasons Roy felt that Malky had to go was 
They'd invested a lot more money in the squad this year, significant money, and, and fans are well aware of that. Have we seen a return on that? And that's for two different managers. So let's just see how it plays out in the next 15 games. Because it's all right doing it for one or two, because any of them can get that bounce at first. It's then after, are we going to see it consistently from them? And as I said, there'll be no hiding place under Dom because he will look after those players and, and take all the pressure on, on his shoulders. That's the type of guy he is. But will they deliver on it? So time will tell. And look, we've got to obviously look back at Derek's previous spells. You, you've spoken there about the mentality that you'd be, you'd be doing, you know, giving your best, not just for, regardless of the managerial situation, the people in the stands, the your chairman, your everyone around you and I'm not doubting I'm not doubting the players aren't doing that now but again you, you look back to the squads that you had previously that they were squads that you know football has evolved so much even just in the space of 10 years you know you probably could get a reaction out of your players such as you know your Richard Britons your Paul Lawson's your Scott Boyd's with comments like that because they were his players who knew how to handle yeah. it whereas I, I just I think he went in far too hard far too early on the, on the squad to, to try and get that reaction that he'd received previously and okay it hadn't worked under Malky's approach I, I get that it, it obviously had it worked we would have been picking up more results potentially with the quality we had in the park it didn't but they didn't stop they didn't stop running for him trust me Ross I think I... hindsight hindsight is hindsight is a good thing and I think Derek might think just think back on that and and had he maybe reworded it a bit better, yes, I think. You know, had he not been as as maybe as brutally honest, yes. But again, we don't know, just speculating. Trust trust me, Ross. I know to this day some of the Invincibles team still can't even speak to Derek. They don't like him that much. But they still yeah. turned up on the day and gave it 110% and would go through walls. That was their mentality. And I think that's all Derek was looking for from them because I think his concern was, I've seen one manager go, I don't want to be in the same position. And I think he felt he had to make changes that very quickly he realised this is not going to work if the same boys involved are going to get the same result as they did with Malky. And I think that's where all the frustration with Derek's came from. Do you know what I mean? But I would be, you know, for me, my expectation is, irrespective of who the manager is, I'd still expect the player to be given 110% and going through brick walls at any time. And as is a time will tell on that one for us. Time will tell. Yeah. I think arrived at the, at the club as a you know a very experienced manager, you know, off the back is uh, nine years in England as well. You yeah. know, hundreds of games racked up in that time. So, you know, the idea of um, you know trying to to you know manage this situation. And, and the right way to do it would have been something that was completely fresh to him. You know, the, he would have he would have made a judgment on what he felt was the right thing to do. Yeah, I suppose when it became apparent that he needed to make changes, that's why it was quite significant that his first signing essentially yeah. was was um, with Greg Strong, who kind of knew yeah. the profile of player that he'd be looking for, knew what would work within a Derek Adams team, and an insignificant point at this stage as to what will happen with regards to his position but uh, you know I think that was maybe the, the hope that Derek had going into the January window was that there was going to be a lot, an awful lot more um, of his own personality that was going to come through in that team um, Yeah I'd agree with you I think that's a very good point Andy I think that was I think again some of Derek's frustration the way it came out with Derek is that 
I think he, he felt he could have a, a, a bigger footprint very quickly on the, the team and how he'd see it play out. So I totally agree with you on that one. I think that's a very good point. Kenny, were you wanting to jump in? No, I just think it's all. I think, I think it's a very difficult thing if, if you if you take in. I can't remember the the, the total number, like, but not taking a lot of loan players and then immediately throw them into the team. I think you're always going to have a problem with that. You know, you, you know, in, integrate them into the team, but not, not not throw them all in at the same time and effectively effectively strip half the team away. I think that's a massive that's a massive problem. I think if you're if you're a squad. You know, because you're effectively saying, "Well, this guy's got no faith in us whatsoever." You know, so I think if you'd even sort of like slotted in the goalkeeper and um, King and a couple of others, maybe, but you know, it's just like it's just been almost like I, I need to change this whole thing. In fairness, I think his hand was forced a wee bit as well with the injuries, Kenny, on this. But well, I think I you're think, right. I think, I think so. you, you know, I, I don't know if he would have put some of them in as quickly as he has done. And I don't know even if some of the boys that he signed would have turned up if they hadn't had the injuries either. I think you might be different personnel. So I think, again, that's maybe a bit of a frustration with the whole thing as well. It, it's played mm-hmm. out. But no, I don't disagree with you, Kenny. It does take a wee bit of time when you do make so many new signings. We saw that oh. when Malky first came in and he had lots yeah. of loan signings, and as you said, in the first eleven games, Malky had the lowest points of any county manager, only six points. Yeah, but it takes that wee bit of time, and we maybe don't have that at the moment. So again, I think that's why Derek was very drastic in what he was trying to do. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the the injury situation perhaps um, changed the yeah. course of what Derek was planning to do in January to an extent as well. Yeah, um, you know if. If all centre halves were available, for example, would we have seen a United yeah. in? And, and you know, essentially, the, the central midfield area was one that he really targeted a lot. Although, yeah. in saying that, he did kind of, you know, ship out Kyle Turner, but, um, you know, guys like Allardyce and Randall, who'd been playing there previously, um, you know, might not have uh, necessitated the addition of, say, a, a Teddy Jenks um, or, or you, you know, Eli King. Well, I mean, I think Eli King was one that was likely to always probably come up just based on the previous relationship that they had. But, um, you know, I think there was maybe other positions that he might have targeted um, had the, um, you know, the injury situation not been been exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. He said that at his press conference that I think there was at the time where like Tom Bloxham was rumoured and things like that. But then obviously, yeah, as, as we all know, uh, all the injuries took place. Um, I think it's interesting when you're talking about the loan players there, Kenny, because okay, he's brought them in. They're his. They're his players. They're as kind of Andy said, he's trying to put like his style of mentality onto this team. But then when things aren't going well, like Savon Tuesday night, he is then relying on the players that you know that he hasn't hidden his feelings about or been you mm-hmm. know has been critical of in the past to come on and and not dig them out of a hole as such, but, you know, steady the ship or come on in big moments to rely on them. And yeah. I, it's 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 one of these ones where I, I just think, I th- we mentioned already, I think it is very Teddy Butcher at Hibs-esque. It's if, fair enough if you want to try and get to the summer and then rip things up there, start again, get yeah. that. But I think you just, as you've got the tools you've got there, okay, you might have been promised more and you're not getting them, but I think you've still got to work with what you've got. And yeah, and to get the best out of them. Yeah, that's. I don't think he was ever going to get the best out of them, you know, with that, with that, with that kind of aftermatch interviews, you know. And I don't, you know, I think if I was a player, yes, I would still be giving my all for the club, but my 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 whole demeanour would be down, 
you know, and for a sports person, that, you can't have that, you know. You need these guys to be fired up for every game, you know. And I, I, I mean, I'm working with the mascots and stuff now, so I see them in the tunnel. And they're all coming out of that dressing room all fired up. It's not like they're not fired up, you know. They're all they're all coming out of there like high-fiving the mascots and, and wanting to get out on that pitch and actually do a job, you know. And the funny thing is, the Dundee game, we were the better team. It was an absolute fluke of a goal. Yeah. But, that, but I think that's probably the thing that tipped Derek over the end, you know. It was, it was like all that effort and then he's like, we've lost the game with like somebody blattering a ball off somebody and it goes in the net. So, you know, sometimes it's the the, the motion of the, to speak because I was raging leaving the stadium so I don't I know how he felt you know? Aye. so but I think he took it just that wee bit too far you know I think it was like you know saying that Morecambe were a hundred times better and stuff like that I mean that's like me saying well I used to work for Fujitsu they were a hundred times better than you I wouldn't say that to a manager you know <laughs> the postal just, service or, will or, tell you or, otherwise I wouldn't, I, wouldn't <laughs> I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it to bloody Roy I wouldn't say oh yeah Marco a hundred times better than your club Roy if I was a paying supporter I wouldn't come back and watch this and then you're leaving, you're leaving yourself with like a, a, a huge hole then you know it's like yeah. but I mean you know my feelings on it like I'm di- I think of anything I'm disappointed yeah I think I think it, that's the overriding emotion the thing, I'm everyone. disappointed that, that it's gone the way it has and you know because I, I don't want to be going into working for Cali fans to be saying to me oh well how, what, what's Adam saying this weekend you know I don't want that you know I don't want us to be in that kind of like in the spotlight like that you know I want us to be like oh that great result against the Johnson guys brilliant you know what a performance nah it's like it's the total opposite you know it's almost like it's a bit of a laughing stock and the, the pundits and the sports scene and that they're lapping it up you know it's like they've got something to talk about and I just feel that that's that's not what we need at this point. They're just probably wanting us to go down, you know. <laughs> so they do every season, but it's like we need to be we need to be better than that. I think you know, and I think that's the thing that's disappointed me with the whole thing. You know, it's you know I didn't expect that. I, I, you know, I remember speaking to Stephen about this. We had a chat about it before, and I actually thought this was I thought this could be a good thing, you know. And I think a lot of the fans probably thought, you know, oh, this could be it, you know. And look at all the look at all the comments after the Motherwell game. Adam's ball, whatever else, you know, and it's like... Oh, we were so, one of them. We'll, we'll hold our hands up. We were the same. Yeah, so to go from that to just... It's like, yeah. oh, you don't... You need to realise you're taking, like, the whole support with you when you do that. And just you know? over and just over two months as well. That's the incredible yes. thing. Like, had, yes. had it been over, like, a, a longer yeah. period, but it's, it's just... It, it just yeah. feels like it's happened, like, at the click of a finger. And, yeah, and, and to it, me, that's why I'm thinking there's something not quite right there, because... yeah. You know, it's the comments after the Dundee game and then it's after the Park Thistle game or, you know, I didn't do my homework. Well, if you're such a good manager, why didn't you do your homework? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and all these different things. That you, and you're sort of lining yourself up to the guy that's interviewing you. So are you saying you, you, you're, you're having second thoughts about taking the job, Derek? Well, you could say that. And you're like, wow, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's, and then the other night, it was like, I'm going to have to have a word with the, the chairman and the CEO because, you know, this, you know, and you just think, well, where's this going? You know, and he did not look comfortable. You know, so but you know we are where we are. Um, I just I just really hope that the whole thing turns around under Don. You know, I just really do because at the end of the day, you know, I didn't. I don't. I'm not happy with what's happened. I think it's horrible, and you never like to see anybody in the position they're in. You know, um, but you know, you just you just want to see. Uh, the whole thing flip side now and just for Don to just, you know, try and get something out of the squad, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think that's maybe a, a good point to kind of 
end on 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 the kind of Derek chat and Kenny that's a that's a good segue so obviously this afternoon or should I say this morning actually it was even uh, it was even earlier than that that Don was named as the interim manager now it didn't specify if it's for a few upcoming matches while they still look for another potential external um appointment or if it's going to be until the end of the season it could just it could depend on obviously the run of form that Don gets the team to go on between now and the next few games probably between now you'd imagine that you'll get Rangers Dundee both those two both those two games away from home and then Livingston at home I'd, I'd imagine those are probably the three that you know will take the immediate assessment from that um, and you know he's. We don't need to tell anyone on this podcast about Don Cowie. I think everyone knows Don's affiliation with the club as a fan, as a as a player, as a as a a coach as well. I mean, we're talking about you know being assistant manager of the club under Malky and Derek. He was first team coach as well under under Ketz, um, and first team coach under Yogi as well. So you know those are four different managers that he's he's worked alongside in a coaching capacity. And you know in terms of his you know, his playing career. I mean, he's a legend here. He's, he's gone through all, he's won cups, he's been promoted, he's been relegated. Um, and even away from the club, you know, he's played at the highest level in England, down in the Premier League, down there with Cardiff. And, you know, you know, rightly rightly so, picked up Scotland cups as well. So, you know, you're talking about a Mr. Ross County or a one yeah. of your own. It, it doesn't get more than, you know... That example doesn't get anything more than that than than Don, does it, Kenny? No, I don't think so. And I think, you know, the, the, the players players will be looking at him and thinking, that's the kind of career I want. You know, that's that's what I want. You know, I, I want to have a Don Kerry career. I want to be able to do what he's done, you know. Um, and as you quite rightly said there, he's worked under some great managers, you know, and, you know, played for Hearts, played, played, played for... For Cardiff, you know, he's he's had some brilliant um, people that he's worked with. So you're just going to have to hope that Don's picked up so much from all these people that he's worked with and picked up the good points of that. And it'll be interesting to see, because this is his gig now. It'll be interesting to see. I would love to be a fly in the wall in the dressing room before the match, you know, the next match and stuff like that, and just see how Don's demeanour is, how he comes across. I'd love to just see... I'd love to be sitting there as a player just to see, right, I'm, 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 let's, let's see what we're going to get from Don Cowie. This is Don Cowie, the Ross County manager now. I, I agree. I think, Andy, when you look at the credentials, obviously Don's got all of his coaching badges there. I think he's still in the process of doing his UEFA Pro licence as well. So yes, you, look at, you look at those credentials on paper, you can't you can't argue against them. He is, he is ready. He's had the experience of working alongside different managers in different roles. He's 40 now. I think it was kind of getting to the point where you were starting to wonder if he didn't step into the manager position at Ross County, where was he going to kind of step into it? You were starting to maybe kind of look at vacancies that were popping up at different clubs, maybe in the local area, but also, you know, maybe down in the lower leagues as well, that would Don maybe fancy a crack at that? So the fact that he's gotten the opportunity now, it's one that he's probably been waiting for. He'll feel ready as well. I think he he would have agreed to that. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly one that's going to be going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it just strikes me that um, you, you know it, it kind of it did feel like now or never in a sense because yeah, it strikes me that, that Don maybe is at a bit of a crossroads just with having been within four different management teams now, um, and I think Stephen touched on it quite early on in the podcast that you know perhaps there's a feeling that maybe 
you know, a, a completely fresh voice might be needed. And, you know, that would probably lend itself to someone coming in with their own assistant manager, which, you you know, more often than not, you do see. And you, you wonder at that point where that would leave Don. So I think Don, with the, you know, the time that he spent, you know, as part of the coaching team, has earned a crack at it. Um, whether it uh, it goes well or not, we you know just have to wait and see. But the the you know the, the points I would look at are you know just what he's taken from those four managers, good and bad in his eyes. I'm sure he'll have picked up bits from each one of them. Within that, I'm sure he has already um, kind of devised a, a style of management that he would like to go out and, and implement. But you know this is his opportunity now. Um, because you're you're never going to know unless you you give him that chance, and um, I, you know as Kenny, Kenny touches on just the you know, the example of his career unfolding the way it has, um, and you know the fact he has come through the club system as a as a youth player to to go on and have that career and come back. You know, it, full circles has been a quite a predominant theme in this podcast, but that that truly is it, really mm, in, in Don's yeah. case because. Um, you know, as as a young player, you're 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 bang on, Kenny. You know, you just look up to that, and you'd think, yeah, that's that's exactly that shows it can be done. You know, that's that's the the, the evidence of, yeah. um, of what what can happen here. And, and Don's seen what's required at the highest level as well. You know, from managers that he's worked under as a player. You know, and he's seen you know just how professional some of the setups will be at the the likes of Cardiff and and, and Watford. Um, you know, Scotland as well. Ten Scotland caps. Um, you know, so he will be able to lean on that experience as well because he he, he knows what is required. You know, within a um, you know a first team environment, uh, in order for the players to you know to have what they need to to produce the goods. And yeah, um, I, yeah, no, I I just think everything points to it being being a real um, you know hopefully a, a good appointment. I, you know, we can never be sure because it's his first gig. Um, but, you know, I just think it, it really got to that stage where, yeah, if if not now, then probably never. Yeah. Stephen, I guess it's, obviously we've made the comparisons to the, the season where we had Jim McIntyre, Owen Coyle, and then Pets and Fergie. It's actually, it's quite interesting maybe looking back that, okay, they did the, the co-manager approach with Stuart and, and Ferg now, Don's stepping in there as interim manager on his own. Obviously, we're not sure of what the at the time of recording what the kind of coaching set behind him is going to be. Obviously, we said he's got Scott Thompson there. You imagine there'll be like a Carl Tremarco, Gary Warren, these kind of guys that are also going to be kind of close behind him as well. Do you think that Don is better prepared for this role now than perhaps Ketz was when he was kind of put into the limelight? And that's maybe why they looked at to go the co-manager route. Uh, well, Ketz at that point did he at that point he'd already won was it the reserve the under 20s was it ah, league yeah. ah, development league no. yeah so Ketz probably actually had a bit more experience as far as direct management of a situation whereas Don's always been the assistant and that's going to be the challenge for Don um, they, you won't find a better role model or Ross County man than Don Cowie you're not going to find better than that. So that's going to really work in his favour in this situation. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be no hiding place, as I said, for the players because Don will be the first one in and the last one out. He will be give everything to the cause. He's you know, so he'll expect that all of them. 
and there'll be a, a bit more steel about them than people give credit for with Don as well, but it'll be a quiet confidence in that respect. My only worry for Don is, and I know speaking to Fergie previously about that time when him and Kets took over, is it, it, it really feels broken at that point in time when you take that team on because you've got players from the first manager, players from the second manager and all that challenges that go with it. And I have no doubt, I am, you know, I probably put my mortgage on it that Don Cowie in the right situation will be one of the probably, if not one of, if not one of the best Ross County managers we'll probably ever see. My only worry at this point in time is this is going to be such a tough situation to cut your teeth for your first managerial role. And I would have probably preferred myself that Don stayed as the assistant and they got someone in for, even if it was Luke, four months to, you know, steady the ship with experience because this the experience will be a big thing in this situation. Don won't have that. It's not a criticism of Don. He just doesn't have that experience. And what I'd be saying is the person coming in and saying, right, we're going to give you four months in the summertime, Don's taking over. That's going to be the, you know, the, the key for it. Because at that point, there'll be an opportunity for players to come and go. And it's a fresh voice then with new players, Don would be at that point in time. My worry is he's been so aligned with Malky and Derek now, will the players just hear the same voice? I think the key thing for me on this one, what would really work well for Don is if he's allowed to bring an experienced assistant manager alongside him. And I don't necessarily think it's someone existingly at the club. I think it would allow Don to take a step back and focus on the management side, which is probably the first time he's going to fully be responsible for that. And it would allow someone else to take training, a new voice, a freshness, just for everyone concerned. I was, you know, we were chatting before. Someone for me, like a Craig Brewster, would be excellent because Craig's been around the block. He's been at Cali and managed. He's been at County as assistant manager. He's worked under, the, you know, as assistant manager as well. Someone like that, who's obviously knows Don as well and worked with him. Someone like that, I think, would be a great mentor for someone like a Don Cowie and, and both, you know, workaholics and, and people, you know, work off of fitness and looking after themselves and all that. Someone like that who probably have a similar mindset to Don but could take the training and, and allow Don to take that step back and give him the time to see everything and evaluate and make his own decisions and be his own man. I think that would be crucial for me and I hope the club will do that because I know how tough it was for Ketz and Fergie together. So for Don to do this on his own... That's a big ask on young shoulders. And I, I, I'm not doubting that he won't be up for the challenge. He will be. But I want that lad to succeed and I want him to be given every chance. So for me, that might be the key thing. And I hope someone at the club does that. You know what I mean? That's saying, right, you can bring in an assistant with experience just to help him along. So I think that's going to be key for him because I think he will need that bit of help in this situation right now because he just won't be used to it. Do you know what I mean? It's so much easier if you're taking charge at the start of the season where you've got 38 games to make your mistakes and get things right and bring your own players and and, and new players who have not known your methods before. You know I mean, I just, my worry is for some of these players that might just still feel a bit of the same again and will they react to that at this point in time? Like, do you know what I mean? Um, so I think if he's allowed to bring an experience number two in, I think that might really support and help him at this point in time. Kenny, do you think it's a bit of a... I don't want to call it a no-lose situation because it's it's not necessarily for the club, but almost for Don because he's got this opportunity and if suddenly we you know we have a brilliant upturn in form and manage to stay in the league, he'll be hailed as a hero and and probably rightly so will 
earn the, the job on a permanent basis. However, if things don't quite turn around and, okay, we get dragged into playoff, whether we, well, use the example, if we go down via the playoff, the kind of the, the fingers might be pointed at, you know, he didn't have a chance. It's the same with Ketz and Ferg. Like, they just came in too late, the damage was done. So do you think it? it it's almost, I, I don't want to say, you can look at it where there's a lot of pressure on him to try and get things right. But potentially there's not quite the same pressure had he come in fresh at the start of the season with these kind of expectations on him. It is, you know, go and do your best and kind of see what happens. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I see it a slightly different way. I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing it as in, okay, things haven't gone well up till now, but the season starts now. This is my shot. We've got 15 games, guys. You know, we're six points ahead of Livy. We're only a few points behind you know, let's take this from now. Draw a line in the sand. This is it. That's what I'd be saying to the guys. This is it. This is our this is our little tournament. Fifteen games. We need to go out there and get as many points as we can on the board. And you guys are responsible for that. You know, Danda, you've made your pre-contract, but this club's been good to you. You need to now show us a wee bit of gratitude towards what we've done for you. You've got a good move out of this. Show us some of that on the park. You know, and I'd be, I honestly would be just saying to the guys, look, 15 games to prove that you can do this. We don't want to be in that playoffs again. So let's get the sleeves rolled up. Let's get out there. Let's show Dundee what we can do. And I, and I guess, you know, you know across, across the league, you know, especially at the end of last season and, you know, partly into this season as well, we've seen young managers promoted from within clubs and, and make an impact, you know. Yeah, Stephen Naismith is probably the most obvious one of those right yeah. now. That you know he did well with Hearts towards the end of last season, and then you know this season they're they're flying. They look like they're comfortably going to finish third. Okay, things didn't work out in the end for Barry Robson, but he did well to kind of galvanise that that side, that kind of that mess that he was left, and and finished third in the league last season. I get European football, Kets as well. Although you know. Kets had obviously had management experience before. He was then brought in to kind of tidy up the mess of, of Stevie Hamill down at Motherwell and and did that the second half of last season. So you'd like to look at those examples in that kind of initial running games that they had. And you'd like to think that Don can hopefully make a, a similar impact or, or if he was able to match it, for example, you know, you'd be you'd be delighted yeah. with that. And and Andy, it is it's the opportunity to do it. Very much so. Um because uh, I mean, Don's not been up for press too often. Um, he has been occasionally. I, I remember sitting down with him in uh, Italy. Did, did I mention that I went to Italy once? I was going to hold my hand up. Maybe we're the reason I'll that he doesn't do press <laughs> after, uh, after we kept him for two hours to do our first couple of oh, episodes of for the podcast. So uh, that might be why. So Don, if so, I apologise for that. Um, but it was maybe a good, uh, good timing, first episode of the podcast. You've now got your interim Ross County manager. If you've not listened to that, scroll down that list and you'll find part one and part two right down the bottom. So, well, I hope he hope he doesn't listen, Ross, because I think you and I both overlooked him for the, uh, you know, the all time greatest team, didn't we? I think we went for Jackson. No, 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 no. I don't just keep scrolling past that now. Just keep scrolling past that. We won't tell you what episode that was. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously spoke to him when he was a player as well, and um, you know, what has struck me is just how um, you know composed he, he is, and just how. Um, 
you know, he speaks with a real assurance uh, as if, you know, he, uh, uh, this is more pertinent as a manager than he was as a player, I suppose, but um, I, I don't doubt at all the way that he spoke in Italy, that's what I was going to lead to with that, was was that he was already forming ideas in his own head as to, you know, what he would want to do with this team. You know, I know he was part of Malky's coaching staff at that time, but, you know, he was just starting to give off little snippets of, you know, this is what I might want to to look to to do with the, the team and just sometimes a, a guy that you speak to carries off that persona that they um they, they will have a an identity in their own head forming um as to what they could do if they were given the, the tools to to go and, and and do it and as i say with the opportunity that he's been given now um there will be an awful lot that he's witnessed particularly this season you know because you know, there's not a single player in the squad that he's um, unfamiliar with. Um, he's got, you know, the freshest of experience of having seen everything in front of his own eyes as to, um, you know, what's gone right, what's gone wrong, more importantly. And and he will, I, I've got no doubt that he will have, um, you know, ideas in his head as to, to what is needed. And, and, you know, for him to, to now be given that chance is... Um, you know, something that I'm really pleased for him in, in, in that regard. Um, and, and tying in two points that were made earlier by different people, um, because Ross, you mentioned, you know, the Barry Robson situation last season and Stephen obviously touched on, uh, you know, the potential of a, an experienced assistant manager coming in. And obviously when Barry Robson was appointed Aberdeen's interim manager last season, the first thing he was able to do was bring in uh, Steve Agnew, a uh, really yeah. experienced um assistant largely to Steve Bruce down south who uh, Barry had worked with at Middlesbrough uh, d- you know dipping into his contacts from from back when he was a player in a similar way that Don would be able to do to be honest I mean if you look at Barry and Don's careers they you know they they were relatively similar in, yeah. in a lot of ways and yeah there, there are probably ways that Don could dip into what I'm sure is a really vast contacts network to to make something like that happen if you know, that's the route that he's uh, looking to go down. Um, you, you know, perhaps he might, it might be by his own volition that he wants to keep everything as, you know, close to what he knows as possible. But, um, you know, if that was to be an option, then Don certainly got the, uh, the contact book to find the right person. I've, I've no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's certainly interesting because you mentioned their kind of like philosophy and kind of like ideas and, you know, how he's going to shape the squad, what he, what styles he want going to implement. It's, it's totally an unknown to us right now. Like we're, we're sat here kind of, we don't know what we're going to see. We don't know if it's going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be an attacking, you know, playing attacking football. Is it going to be a bit more defensively structured and playing the counter attack? Could it be possession? Could it be long ball? We, we, we just, we don't know. Is it, he's got, yeah. we're, we're t- we spoke obviously about Derek earlier that, you know, he's been given the tools and, you know, maybe he was promised more than he was given and that's where the frustration was. That bag of tools now, that squad is what Don has to work with. That, yeah. you know, that is it. So now it is, it is up to him to see how, uh, what he builds with that. Um, so, yeah, I think, look, as Ross County fans, we all wanted to see Don Cowie as Ross County manager one day. Yeah. I don't think, I, mm. I don't think anyone is, is any different mm. on that. And, no, you know what a what an opportunity to to do it. I mean, 
we, we see the unassuming character sometimes, you know, you start, he's, he's always yeah. there. Hockey's the one out shouting. Derek was the one out shouting, get up, get up, or whatever. Mm. But Don's the one sitting there at the back weighing everything up. You just don't know. I, think, I guess none of us know really what we're going to get from, mm. as you say, Ross, from, from, from Don. And that's, that's the bit I'm looking forward to is to see yeah. exactly what this guy brings to the to, to the table because he's got 15 games and if he manages to to, to, to do something here and and every, that's going to look so good for him yeah, as a, yeah. as a manager you know and and that's what I'm hoping that he gets given the time to actually like put his stamp on things and actually get the team playing his style of football getting things the way that he wants it to work and um. I, I just, I just think everybody's going to want the best for the guy because he's such a nice guy as well. Yeah. And I think I would react to that if it was me. You know, I, I, that right away I'd be, I'd be like, I want to do well for this guy. Yeah, you know. There's also a steal to Don as well that that sometimes yeah. goes unnoticed because um, you know there there has been a perception that you you know he's 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 such a nice lad and you know is he too yeah. nice for 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 management and yeah you, we've all heard it I'm sure but. You know, there's there's definitely a steal about him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've seen that. You know, just in you know, as I say, what has been quite brief. Uh, you know, press dealings that I've had with him, but um, I mean, also it just speaks for itself. You know, with the career that he's had, you don't get to that level without um, you know having that side to you and having yeah. that ability to um, to know what the sacrifices are to get to that level as well. You know, if if he's able to portray that to to players that. You know, I've, uh, as we've maybe alluded to earlier in the podcast, maybe do need, um, you know, a bit of a, a jolt up the, <laughs> the yeah. backside. Then, uh, you know, Don Don could certainly, I'm sure, you know, personify that message just based on exactly yeah. what he's done himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you know? Do you know what though? What I'd have preferred from the club. And this is my own personal opinion. The reason I'm saying I'm talking about in this temporary situation as a more experienced manager is because my worry for Don is if it's temporary, he doesn't get another shot at it. I would have actually preferred if the club had just came out and said, right, we're making you permanent manager moving forward and allowed him to bring in his own number two and actually set up message to players, irrespective of whether we stay up or go down or play off or whatever it is, this lad's going to be here next season to change this team and make it better. And for me, that would have been what I'd have preferred to see. And it's just going, you know what? If you believe Don's good enough to take it now, give him a permanent contract and put him in there, like you in. Because yeah. I think that way, I actually I, think it would take it. I actually yeah. think it would take a bit of pressure off him because they're saying, Do you know what? Irrespective of the fifteen games coming up, we've maybe not got this right previously, but we're going to back you to go and take us forward. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'd have preferred that if they'd actually done that, as opposed to. That's why I'd rather more an experienced temporary because my worry is it might end up being the right person at the wrong time for Don, but at least if it's more longer term, he gets a chance to change things and make his own team at this point in time. I think it's just, you made a good point, Kenny, and that and stuff. It's, he's He's got to work now with the hand he's been dealt with the players he's got. He's going to be very hard to bring anything else in. So it, it's a really tough gig for him at this point in time. And I just that's my only hope and expectation would have been that the club might have just gone, you know what, we'll give you a permanent contract. Yeah, I, I think you made a very good point there because I think the nature of the statement for me is still a bit wooly. Yeah. In that Don Cowie will take interim charge of the team. It wasn't like until the end of the season. Yeah. You know, and there's this kind of, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, does that mean they're, they're out there looking at somebody else? You know, yeah. they look, you know and John Don's just taking interim charge until they find somebody else, you know? So there is definitely that element that I would have preferred the statement to be, as you say, 
Don Kerry will be our new manager. We're going to give Don full backing. He's going to be able to take in his own people yeah. and his own backroom staff and job done. Give him, a, give him a two and a half year contract. See, and yeah. that, that'll set to the players. That would set to the players. Look, yeah. he's not going anywhere. So it's now his team, and he's going to, yeah. you know, he's going to make it move I it forward. Like Jim. Yeah. No, I think you're spot on. Um, yeah. Just, 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 that, out, just. I sorry, Andy. Just out of a, a query, I, I don't know off the top of my head when Ketz and Fergie got the job until the end of the season after Owen Coyle left. Were they, were they made permanent, or were they given it as an in an interim? This is the point I was going to make. They, um, they were initially um, appointed as interim co-managers. So, yeah. how's about that for an intro? That's about. Kurt <laughs> <laughs> Kettle and Stephen Ferguson. That's about. 11, 12 words already. Um, That's a scrabble, isn't it? That's about 65 <laughs> points in the scrabble. That, one. <laughs> um, yeah. that, was, that was the case. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember that they were actually given the permanent job before it had been ascertained whether the club were going up, or, uh, were, were staying up or going down. I, th- I think... Yeah. I think you're right. The relegation yeah. was confirmed. Yeah. That, that they were given so, the assurance. Yeah, they were given the assurance. Yeah, and and given the the belief that no matter what happens from this point, then you're going to yeah yeah get that opportunity. Yeah. Which in itself maybe makes me think that you know this is Don's addition. You know maybe regardless of results, mm. and maybe because of that. Well, as we speak just now, it's a comfort blanket of Livingston with regards to automatic relegation. You know, yeah. if if Roy and Fergie see the right signs, you know, in these next few weeks, not just with this season in mind, but with you know the club's long term future, then they might look at something similar. And and I suppose point that I completely didn't really take on on board myself. Um, just you know, when if he's looking for someone you know with a bit of experience as to uh, navigate this situation, then. I mean, Stephen Ferguson was put right into this uh, exact yes. scenario, so yeah. that's that's a, a you know a great mentor to have for these exact circumstances. At, you know, at this point in time, which you, you know I'm sure Fergie will be there. It's obviously not his his remit now, but you know, knowing Fergie as I do, you know he yeah he, he'll always be you know happy mm-hmm. to to lend advice when it's asked for. You know, oh, if, absolutely. yeah, so yeah. to lean on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh well. Well, this has been a, a fun podcast to chat all about that. I think Indeed. Uh, we, don't, we don't want to end on a downer. I don't think we'll go over the St. Johnston and Motherwell games because we've already kind of mentioned them. <laughs> when were they again? This is our season starting now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. We said that two months ago, Kenny. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so to kind of round it off, um, last week on the podcast we were we were talking about like a Ross County Royal Rumble, and who would you who would you like to see kind of involved in that? We had a kind of a few answers. We had um, uh, a nomination for Alex Bone, um, Tony <laughs> Tony Bullock, um, Derek Adams, because of uh, obviously Derek's previous spells, and we kind of know that story there. And a very interesting one, which I I liked in particular, was uh, Rocco Quinn, because if you need someone to come in the ring and launch. <laughs> Launch a willy bin in there. You've probably got someone quite good there. Um, so, aye, that was that was definitely my favourite. That was from Jay Lender. Rory McDonald suggested uh, either Mikhail Kovacevic or Kenny Van der Weg. You'd imagine that they are um, 
Aye. Kenny's my one. <laughs> yeah, big big characters that would go one in there. And I don't one think of the scariest them. interviewees I've ever come across. <laughs> wow, you just thought he was going <laughs> to... Brian Graham. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Brian was one of my nominations last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a nomination here from Gary for um, Lionel Jebi Zadi. Um, that's a that's a throwback there as well. We've got one for Ian Vigers. I think we've seen the, yeah. you know, we've seen why that might be as well. And another one here for for Alex Bone. So yeah, there's quite a quite a good kind of combination of you know nominations there. I, I don't know who would win it. Um, Can I throw another one in? Yeah, go for it. This is very obscure. Does anybody remember Darvidas Cernas? Oh. oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Jim McIntyre telling us, "Well, we've signed a big Lithuanian striker. He's a way to come through into the room, and just to warn you, he looks like a Bond villain." <laughs> and he was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. You just you just wait and then be like, "Who's going to come in here? Who's going to come in?" It's... <laughs> Goals what, for one game. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, what an introduction to the press that is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who would who would potentially win that. I think we'll leave that up to the listeners to see who who would who they think would win it. We've obviously given our nominations last yeah. week. Have, have Kenny, Andy, have you guys got any more? Craig Cullen, maybe. Aye, it's not Craig bad. Aye, we care here. Are we at anything yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely. Tell you something, Kenny Gilbert would have to be in amongst it. Like, do you know what I mean? If he could play football one eye so shot when he was playing, like, do you know what I mean? Then I think he could handle a Royal Rumble no problems at all. Like, yeah. We've had a few over the years, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's what we're lacking in the middle of the park at the moment. Aye. Uh, so yeah. We could do with a bulldog, you know, definitely yeah. could do with a. Uh, uh, cloudy arena or, 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 or somebody like uh, I don't know we could do with somebody that's just a ball winner and just rallies the team forward you know or somebody that's just a I don't know I've, I've said that for, for a number of years that we've just lacked that kind of general in the middle of the park you know yeah. and it looked like it's at times this season the signs where we were going to have that kind of Scott Allardyce and 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 whatnot but obviously he's had his injury concerns at the start of the season and, and right now as well so um yeah. Um the the last the last question I want to touch on, we kind of spoke about it before we were recording. And with regards to Derek's three spells at the club, he has ended each spell in a different way. The first time he was poached by Hibbs, the second time he was sacked, and then the third time he has resigned. So I mean, if you're looking for you know the a managerial casualty perfect hat trick, that's probably it. <laughs> and um, if does anyone know anyone any other managers that have potentially gone through the same? I think we maybe thought no. that uh, Darren Ferguson down at Peterborough might have done that because he's had a number of spells down there. If anyone knows of of anyone that potentially yeah. has gone through anything, let us know because it'll be it'll be interesting to see that because certainly off the top of our heads, I think Derek's potentially the only one that's, that's had that kind of um, that kind of run. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bit of a, a brain teaser to to end the episode. So um, hopefully you're not all sound asleep after us ranting for the best part of it's probably an hour and a half now. And actually, don't, I don't know. I've not I've not timed it from the start. So yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> if you're still here, thank you very much, Kenny. Thank you for for coming on. You're very welcome, guys.
I will see you on the, the next managerial vacancy podcast. Probably that'll be the next time. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. That's still as bad. Uh, Andy, thank you. It's like for, the Grim Reaper turning up every it's, time. It's it's really it is. Yeah, it well, appears at a face conference. The manager of a sweat on now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is skinny. <laughs> All he's missing is the side, but yeah, it's probably best that we don't. It's not going to be the short objects. Uh, Andy, second appearance on the podcast. Thank you for coming on as well and, and chatting all things, all things that's gone on over the last couple of days. Oh, thank you very much for having me on again, Ross. No, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, eventful. There's a lot to cover. <laughs> not necessarily enjoyable all the way through, but uh, oh. no, needed to be dissected. Yeah, hundred percent. And Stephen, as always, thank you very much for, for coming on as well. No, no, thanks again, Ross. It's been uh, it's been good to Gavin's uh, points of view, and that that's what makes football so good. Is everyone else will have all different opinions on it, and that's why we all love the game, like Jovin. So, thank you very much. It's all right, yeah. and to all you the listeners, if you've gotten this far, thank you very much for listening. Any likes, retweets, shares, the podcast, you know, is always much appreciated. Hopefully you've enjoyed all our points of views on the on the news and, and where we go from here. And yeah, we'll be back next week at some point, probably I don't know if it'll be before the Rangers game or after that to kind of dissect that result and, and then look ahead to the trip to Dundee. But yeah, thank you very much for listening and all the best to Don. 